Buddhist geeks. Seriously Buddhist, seriously geeky. Episode 103, Building a Dharma Successor. Imagine if an artificial intelligence system could teach just as well or better than a well-trained meditation teacher. According to our guest this week, Shinzen Young, he has figured out a way to do just that. This is part two of a three-part series. Buddhist Geeks is supported largely by the generosity of our listeners. If you like what we're doing, please consider making a one-time or a small recurring donation by visiting buddhadharma20.com slash donate. So I set myself the goal that I would see if I could create a completely modern secular vocabulary that would describe the entire path to classical enlightenment Mm -hmm. without using any of the spiritual jargon that typically is used. Mm -hmm. So that was like goal number one, and I've given you an example of how that can be done. Then it occurred to me, well, now I've got a language for it, but I need to give people, provide people with techniques. And so how should I organize the techniques that I give people? And I figured out a framework whereby I could incorporate the essential innovations of Zen and Vajrayana, mount that within the framework of the noting technology that's associated with uh, Burmese Vipassana. So I would have a way of, um, in essence, including all of the most important innovations in the great vehicle and the diamond vehicle, incorporating them into a meditation procedure associated with the small vehicle. Right. So it's a fusion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it sounds like a completely integrated type of A completely, I, I'm, there's some of the geeks in your audience, uh, if they're mathematically inclined, mm-hmm. will know the phrase greedy algorithm. There is actually such a phrase in the uh, mathematical theory of of computation. But I'm using the phrase loosely, okay? I created a greedy algorithm. I created a process that loops and branches, and that is greedy in the sense that it incorporates within a unified noting framework all of the major innovations that happened throughout Buddhist history, such as the Zen theme of oneness of inside and outside, or the sort of like abiding of of the non-doing, the just sitting that's in some of the Zen traditions, or the Dzogchen practice, which is sort of in some ways a Tibetan version of that approach, and the uh, absorption practices of early Buddhism, Mm -hmm. the loving-kindness practice, and the deconstructive insight of the Buddha that uh, the divide and conquer, if you break self into its elements, suddenly self as a thing goes away, which is the definition of stream entry or enlightenment. Mm -hmm. And the whole role of change, impermanence, energy, take all of those themes and incorporate it within a unified framework of practice that I call the five ways, Mm. which function as uh, an algorithm 
that can be implemented interactively in real time. In other words, one of the things that I discovered was that the classic way of teaching meditation is, okay, here's the posture, here's the technique, go off and do it for a while, come back, tell me what happens, and mm-hmm. we'll talk about it, and then, you know, do it again. Right, that's and where, the like, wild, the loops and branches Yeah, the happen. while could be an hour, but sometimes it's like a day or, you know, a few weeks or whatever. So the feedback is, uh, the interaction is very sporadic, not frequent, and also, the guidance doesn't tend to loop and branch. It's, it, it tends to just be sequential. Okay, well, that happened, but just ignore that and just keep focusing on your breath kind of thing. Oh, that, well, that's just that. Just keep focusing on your breath. So that's sort of the standard way to do it. But what I discovered was that if you sit down with a person like a personal coach and you, in real time, interact with them every few minutes, Okay, okay, do this. Okay, now a couple minutes later, okay, when you did that, what happened? And then you give them a little feedback, a little encouragement. Maybe stay with the same thing. Maybe make a slight modification. Interpret for them what's going on. Answer their questions. Maybe at some point change to some very different procedure. So this would be a real-time interactive way of guiding a person. Mm. Well, what I found is that beginners could have a 90-minute quality, unbroken practice period if they had a coach with them. Whereas if you just send them off on their own, well, you know what's going to happen. First of all, they can't sit for long. And secondly, most of the time, they're either scattered or they're falling asleep Mm -hmm. or at least fuzzing out. So this way, they don't get scattered, they don't fuzz out, and they have an optimally satisfying experience because they got a personal coach, which is not that, you know, if you think about it, it's like, duh, well, of course. If you do a Nautilus cycle and you've got one of the staff of the YMCA is there with you, you're making sure you're doing it right, answering your questions, encouraging you, well, you're going to have a much more productive workout mm-hmm. and a much more satisfying workout. Mm-hmm. So I developed this interactive way of guiding people. Now, it's very labor-intensive, but it works really, really well, both in terms of equipping people with techniques, mm-hmm. in other words, making sure that they can do the thing, right. and in terms of supporting them when they have to apply those techniques to real shit in the real world. Mm-hmm. Because your spiritual growth is, roughly a linear function of the size of the challenge and the degree of concentration, clarity, and equanimity you can bring to it. Problem is, when the challenge gets big, people's ability to bring mindfulness to it on their own usually shrinks very dramatically. However, if somebody is supporting them, it won't. They'll be able to be at their top game with what could be a huge challenge, death of a loved one, severe pain, etc. They could have their A game if, if somebody is willing to give them those quality hours that they need to mm. keep them on track. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, you know, most people in North America, they're not going to put themselves through the kind of ordeals that people go through in Asia to get enlightenment. They're not going to, like, 
sit all day and all night for a week like they do in Zen and in Japan. But what is going to happen is that they're going to get sick and or something's going to happen physically or emotionally that's going to be just as intense as anything that anybody ever put themselves through in the name of practice. If somebody is there to keep them doing the practice, they'll get results comparable to that industrial strength training that's done in Asia. Mm -hmm. So my idea is create the support modality so that when the doo-doo hits the fan in the real world (laughs) and they can't have high-quality practice for hours and hours and hours on their own, they can have it by having somebody interact with them, giving them an interactive guided meditation. So I started to do this. It worked very well. And I realized that I would change the guidance slightly or sometimes majorly depending on their experience, and that optimized things. Mm. So what I realized was that my interactive coaching that I was giving my students was in fact an algorithm in the computer language sense or in the computer sense of it loops, it branches, it iterates until it gets the job done. But it was very labor-intensive, so I had to teach other people to do it. Right. So I started to train facilitators to do this interactive algorithmic coaching. Right. But of course, in order to train them, I needed training materials, so I had to write down the algorithm. And as I was doing that, I wrote it with standard flowcharting template. And it just jumped off the page. It's like, da. This can be automated. Hmm. How did you do that? The standard way. So, you know, uh, expert systems programming, right? You interview an expert, you find out their decision process, and right. you replicate that onto software. But usually this is keyboard entry, and then you're going to get your answer off the screen. Mm-hmm. But my idea was that... It's not going to be keyboard entry, because when I work with somebody, well, I may be in front of them, but most of the time, I'm not physically present. I'm in northern New England. They're in Southern California, and they're going through a crisis, and they called me up. And I guide them over the telephone. I am a disincarnate voice Mm -hmm. that is gathering information from them, suggesting things, and then responding based on what nature shows them. Mm Mm-hmm. So I'm a sort of midwife for liberation. Nature is pushing that person, trying to create the baby called enlightenment, and Mm. I know the optimal way to help that baby come out. Mm. So I get information from them, and then I guide them based on that. If the human interaction, I get that information by asking them questions. And... Any question can be formulated. If you really understand what the underlying logic is, you can formulate it as a binary, ternary, or quaternary choice. You know, Okay, when you uh, focused on the uh, sensation of the breath in your abdomen, your concentration may have been high, medium, or low. If it was high, press or say one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, (laughs) which could be done off a computer or off a telephone. Mm -hmm. 
If it was medium, press or say two. If it was low, press or say three. You press or say three. I say, okay, so you had difficulty concentrating. I'm going to ask you some questions about the exact nature of the difficulty concentrating. Your difficulty concentrating could have been primarily because, okay, you see what we're doing here, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So, in effect, if you were constrained, you could do it with binary choices, yes mm-hmm. or no. So all you need is number recognition or untrained voice recognition of yes versus no, which you can now get, you know. And you can have either a telephony or web-based interactive system that gains information, gets input the way I just described, and Hmm. it outputs by playing audio files that are timed so perfectly that it gives you the absolute impression that you are talking to a live person who knows you. Wow. In other words, I want to pass the Turing test for artificial intelligence Mm -hmm. in the sense that they can't tell the difference between um, Shinzen Young spent half a day interactively guiding me through this crisis on the telephone, or I called virtual Shinzen Young Mm -hmm. on a telephony program, that they could not tell which one it was. So just a quick question. Is this the real Shinzen Young <laughs> that I'm talking to? <laughs> just System kidding. System error code 3.7. <laughs> press escape. System <laughs> error code 3.7. Press escape. Press escape. <laughs> All right. The end of the interview right there. <laughs> oh, that's, that's really cool. So have you actually developed the system? I mean, is it working? We got a prototype that works like a charm. wow. We have proof of concept. In other words, we beta tested it on a group of people, and the pivotal question is, is this just like listening to a guided CD, or does it take it to a whole other dimension? Mm -hmm. And um, the feedback was resounding, it's a whole other dimension. Wow. Both emotionally and in terms of the ability to practice, the impact on the practice. Hmm. So my programmer, who I don't code, (laughs) my coding days ended 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. I just do the logic, and I write the scripts, and I record the files. But my programmer says that I'm going to be the first teacher in Buddhist history who, instead of appointing a Dharma successor, (laughs) builds it. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) So what I've now got is I've got an interactive algorithmic approach to teaching and supporting practice, which can be implemented by a human teacher, or it could be uh, implemented by a interactive multimedia artificial intelligence software expert system. Right. Now, before this interview, you and I were talking about uh, agile development Mm -hmm. uh, and um, and CPI, the notion of uh, continuous process improvement. Yeah. I mentioned to you this way of this sort of greedy algorithm Mm -hmm. that incorporates within its bag of tools all of the most significant innovations in 2,500 years of Buddhist history. When I designed my prototype program, it was not based on that architecture. It was based on a much clunkier approach to things. Mm -hmm. So 
I now have to rewrite all of the logic and all of the scripts to reflect this five-way formulation, which I know works much better than my previous iterations, of which there are I've probably over a period of approximately 35 years of professional full-time teaching. Right. Uh, I've probably gone through 30 iterations of how I teach. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I pretty much have converged to the five-way formulation, which is described at my main website, basicmindfulness.org. Mm-hmm. Pretty much converged to that and kept with that for the last couple of years, just with trim tab changes. Mm-hmm. So my job now, which will take a year or two, is to mount that system within the interactive software. Mm. We have the prototype was telephony, mm-hmm. and people used it over a telephone. It worked just fine. But we also want to be able to deliver it over the Internet, which will take some very fancy technological stuff because remember it has to be timed so as to give you the impression that someone's really listening so there can't be any delays in those packets reaching the person over the internet but there's ways around it so that your computer will be a sort of like you'll have a a live-in full-time personal psycho-spiritual exercise coach nice so my goals were put the whole thing in totally modern secular language without losing any of the ability to bring people to classical enlightenment. Mm. Formulate a system of techniques that incorporates within a, a uniform framework all of the most important innovations that constitute the history of Buddhism, mm. of which there's five or six really major sort of new new ideas, mm-hmm. starting several of them, of course, going back to the Buddha himself, mm-hmm. divide and conquer, replace negatives with positives, the absorption system. Those three are the three of my five ways. Those go directly back to the Buddha. And then, anyways, so it goes. But... Have you ever had Ken Wilber on your show? Actually, yeah, we just interviewed him about two months ago. Okay. I sort of feel a a kind of duality with him. (laughs) No pun intended. He's into non-duality. Duality in the mathematical sense of duality, Mm -hmm. in the sense of complementarity, in that he's a professional philosopher who is attempting to create an integrated paradigm that integrates all of world mysticism conceptually. Right. And I'm a professional meditation teacher Mm -hmm. who's attempted to create an integrated system of technique that incorporates, essentially, all of the world contemplative tradition. So we're sort of doing similar jobs, but at different ends of the... One is on the view, and the other one is on the practice, in terms of sort of a Tibetan way of looking at it. Yeah. He got the view, he got the practice, right? Well, he's trying to integrate the view. Right. I'm trying to integrate the practice. Interesting. So, yeah, and then the West, I guess you'd have like the difference between like a theoretical physicist and a like a researched physicist or something. Yeah. Well, actually, it's I think it's the difference between science and technology. Mm. Um, so, I'm more on the technology side. Got it. Got it. Interesting. Um, 
but you have to have science to have technology. You have to have a very, very deep theoretical formulation mm-hmm. of how meditation works to create an integrated suite of meditation tools that span the entire world mystical tradition. Right. And, and it not just be a pastiche of unrelated things. So right. This sense of he's got an integral philosophy and I've got an integral technology. Yeah, yeah, I see that. So, now the idea is, okay, we've got it in a secular vocabulary, so it means that a rational humanist can do it, a born-again Christian can do it, a Muslim can do it, a Buddhist can do it. The it meaning, get classical enlightenment. Right. Or, if you want to put it the other way, discover classically that you (laughs) have always been enlightened. Two ways to look at it, but both of those perspectives are incorporated within my technology. Join us for the fourth annual Buddhist Geeks Conference, hosted in partnership with Mindful Cyborgs and Shambhala Sun from October 16th through the 19th in beautiful Boulder, Colorado. This year's conference will be exploring the convergence of Buddhism with modern culture and technology through informative keynote presentations, idea-packed TED-style talks, self-organizing community dialogues, and contemplative workshops and practice periods. This year's list of presenters includes the world's most quantified man, Chris Dancy, abbot of the village Zendo in New York City, Roshi Pat Enkyo O'Hara, and pragmatic Dharma provocateur, Daniel Ingram as well as many others. For more information and to register, visit BuddhistGeeks.com slash conference. After nearly a year in private beta, the Buddhist Geeks Network is now open for any independent practitioners who want to engage in interdependent practice. You can find out more about the Buddhist Geeks Network by visiting BuddhistGeeks.network. And if you'd like to join the community and join us in regular social meditation practice or other events that we host there in the network, all freely offered, you're very welcome to do so, again, by visiting BuddhistGeeks.network. Love to see you there.